Hello and welcome back to Let the Stone Speak. I'm Brent Nachtigal, your host. It's with great pleasure that I offer you an exclusive interview on today's program with Dr. Daniel Weinstub. He is an epigrapher that has recently reanalyzed what's been known as the Jerusalem Pithos inscription. This is the oldest al alphabetical inscription that has ever been unearthed in an archaeological excavation here in Jerusalem, unearthed in 2012. There's been numerous readings of this important inscription over the past uh, decade now. And uh, as of April 3rd, so just earlier, a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Weinstub proposed a new reading, a new dramatic reading that does, for the first time, connect Jerusalem from 3,000 years ago to the Kingdom of Sheba, all the way down in the Southern Arabian Peninsula. So for today's program, we're going to play for you an interview I did yesterday with Dr. Weinstub. But before we do that, I want to take you back 10 years to the discovery of this inscription in the field. This is a video that we created back in 2013 with Dr. Elot Mazar at the time of the discovery. Of course, Dr. Lo uh, Dr. Mazar is no longer with us. Uh, she died back in 2021, um, sadly, and she was one of our great mentors archaeologically, worked extremely close with her and are continuing a lot of her excavation areas as we speak. Um, so I thought it was fitting that we would go back to Dr. Mazar first, talking about the discovery of the Pithos inscription, and then we'll cut away to the interview I did yesterday with Dr. Weinstub, talking about his dramatic new reading of this special inscription from 3,000 years ago. Enjoy. Last year, towards the end of the excavation season, we found a pile of what seems to be a large vessels, large containers that we call pitoi, the plural of pitas, that were crushed and not crushed, they were broken in, a, in situ in a crack in the bedrock in area A. And we figured, we saw that uh, maybe it's not only one vessel but two. And then during the restoration it turned out that in this small, relatively small pile, there are seven such pitoys. So it means that they were never complete at that spot. The type of the vessels are the 10th century type. And on one of the pitoi, on the very near the rim, there was an inscription. An inscription, you can see the inscription, that was incised before the fire. That means that the inscription and the vessel goes together. It's not an addition, a later additional. Uh, to the vessel itself. And if we have a 10th century vessel and a 10th century context, and that it is, so that we are having here a 10th century inscription. It's uh, like 250 years earlier than the earliest Hebrew inscription ever found today in Jerusalem, the Chazakaya Tanal. And um, I, I'm very thrilled about this option, uh, opportunity to open this chapter in the Jerusalem uh, history uh, to uh, find out and study more and get to understand how complicated, not that simple, was the life of the people in Jerusalem during the 10th century, how to adapt the previous culture, how to uh, adjust it and use it in a very, very wise way as King David did. Dr. Weinstab, thanks very much for coming on to Let the Stone Speak. It's a privilege to have you. Thank you for inviting me. 
So you're going to discuss this brand new reading of the Pithos inscription, a very important inscription that came from Jerusalem, unearthed in 2012. And there've been almost a dozen, perhaps, different readings of this inscription. Yes. And here we are in 2023, and you've come forward with a new one. Mm -hmm. What was it that motivated you to go back and look at this inscription once again? Two things. The first one, the, I and I think everyone, we were unhappy because all, all the interpretations of the, of the inscription did not offer an, a coherent text, a coherent reading of the text. Mm -hmm. There were a lot, uh, very problem, there are uh, paleographic problems and, and pro linguistic problems. The paleographic uh, problems, the, there were uh, f uh, especially with two letters. Mm -hmm. One of the letters that all of them interpret as a het, as a Canaanian het. Mm -hmm. The Canaanian het normally has three horizontal strokes. Right. This letter has only two. This okay. one problem. The second and uh, the bigger, the biggest problem is the 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 last letter. The last letter has two strokes, mm -hmm. half, and a tail, a tail aside. Mm -hmm. There is abs there is no Canaanite letter that fit this letter. Mm -hmm. There is no. And uh, uh, on the contrary, on the opposite, in the ancient uh, Sudarabic script, there is a letter, the letter, the letter head mm -hmm. of the ancient Sudarabic uh, script that fit exactly this letter. And the, this letter is the, uh, 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 has the function as the cipher five. Okay. So we have a text and the cipher five. Okay. And the text, if we interpret it as a, as a Sabaean text, is L, the, like mm -hmm. in English, TH in the, in the word, right, right, in right. this, mm -hmm. and N, Ladan. And mm -hmm. Ladan is a very logic, a very known uh, word mm -hmm. that means Ladanum. Mm -hmm. So we have five uh, measures of Ladanum. So this this entire script, and we have the we have the um, the actual uh, inscription with us here. Very important piece of, of ancient writing, the most ancient alphabetical script ever found in Jerusalem, uh, which is another element to this. And so you kind of everyone was thinking it was proto-Canaanite. Uh, or most people thinking it was proto-Canaanite, but they everyone had problems with it. And everyone. so you decided, well, let's think outside the box a little bit. And did you, th you were the one that kind of thought it might be South Arabian, or was there uh, somebody else that helped you with the, with the script to discern that? No, no, nobody helped me. Okay, so, <laughs> and then, so, yeah, it's just absolutely okay. phenomenal. <laughs> Maybe you can kind of point to the letters that you were discussing to show us what is the, uh, how you read the, the script with the letters yes. that are there. Yes. Do you see here those small strokes? Yes. Yes. And here are the tail? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is a, this, uh, this letter 
as I said, uh, don't fit any Canadian letters mm -hmm. and fit exactly the head in the South Arabia. Okay. And this is the, the letter that uh, everyone interpreted it as a head, okay. a Canadian head. But uh, as you can see, he uh, it has only two, two original strokes, strokes, and not, strokes the, not the three, and not, and, and not three. Okay. And the old uh, Serbian uh, letter the mm -hmm. has exactly two, right? Like this. So. If we can break down the, the text itself, you have two letters at the beginning of the inscription that you can possibly see, and then three... Yes, and they... La, the, n, and five. Okay, so Ladanun? Ladanun, five. Okay. So, what five? Uh, the um, pitos... Yeah, the vessel that the, this was... The, the pitos, we know that... Uh, it has an average of uh, uh, of 110 liters. Okay. Yes? Yes. We also know that uh, the, um, the most used um, um, measures of volume in, in the in biblical times in Hebrew is the Eifa. The Eifa, yeah. So the Eifa, the average of the Eifa is 22 liters. Okay. So that's absolutely perfect. So, so you're saying this this it's perfect. the the chet at the end is yes, a five five efas is the volume of the pitos, which is an amazing thing. I don't think many it's people amazing. have focused on that when they've been writing about it. That you do have this the five uh, element there, five ephahs, matches the volume of the vessel that would have, mm -hmm. uh, that this would have made up. Yes. So this is a large vessel then, if it's yes. going to be 110 liters. Yes. Absolutely huge. Yes. So there were seven, mm -hmm. seven vessels, only one, on, on, only one has, a, has an, an inscription. Okay, so this is one part of it, is your new reading of the inscription. It's yes. not proto, it's not Canaanite. It's South Arabian script, mm -hmm. ancient South Arabian script. Yeah. Then you've come up with what you believe it says, mentioning the first couple of letters and then this uh, laudanum, and then you have five. So how do we get from that inscription to perhaps how it connects to the Bible? Because that the laudanum that you're mentioning isn't mentioned in the biblical mm -hmm. text itself. Yes. Uh, this word does not, that does occur in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So uh, I began to investigate what can be. Right. And uh, I go to the, uh, to the conclusion that is what shhelet. Shhelet. Shhelet is the second component of the incense in the, in the temple according to, uh, to Exodus, Exodus mm -hmm. uh, 30, 30, 34, mm -hmm. yes, um, and um, I, I am not the, the, the first person to uh, make this connection. To make the connection with, with, between Ladan. Mm -hmm. uh, rabbis from uh, the Middle Ages say that, yes, uh, the <clears throat> and the uh, so I'm convinced that uh, this is the, the, the shelet. So, Lordanen, um, what is that? What in Hebrew is shelet? You're right. But what is, it, what is it in Dadan. South Arabian? What is it? What 
is it a, a plant? Is it a what? How? What does that describe? It's a it's a plant. Yes. Okay, it's a plant, and you're saying that the while that Hebrew that word is not mentioned in the Bible, we do have this shchelet shchelet that is yes. mentioned in the Bible that people previous to you have connected. Yes. Ancient scholars have connected to Laudanum. Yes. So they're one and the same. Yes. So this is interesting that we have. Um, as you're saying, this one of these items that's mentioned in the creation of the incense or perfume in the, in the temple. Well, we want to stress that the, this inscription was found 250 meters right. from the, where we believe there was the first temple. Right, right. So you have something coming from Arabia, or at least an Arabian-style mm -hmm. text that's mentioning uh, an element in the temple service. What is the biblical connection um, that you that you write about in your paper between South Arabia, <laughs> the Bible, and this time period as well? We haven't talked necessarily about the dating of this, yeah. so maybe that can yeah. be brought into it. Well, we know that the South Arabian, especially Sheva, yes? Sheva, Sheba, Sheba, as we yes, were saying Sheba, in English. Uh, it was the, the, the superpower of uh, uh, elements of uh, perfumes mm -hmm. and incense, not only for for, for Israel and uh, but also for for all the area, and um, it uh, stayed as uh, I uh, as I write in my, in my article, uh, two of the prophets uh, say that mm -hmm. that uh, the incense came from Sheva from okay. Sheva. Okay. So you've got, maybe you can talk about the dating of the inscription itself. We haven't talked about that. When is the... the, the In the, my opinion, it's the, the, the 10th century. 10th century BC. Not everybody uh, agree with me. Mm -hmm. uh, people say, there are people on the opinion that uh, this vessel, uh, we, we have to date it to the 9th century. Mm -hmm. Would there be anything that would help us push it to the 10th century, keep it in the 10th century, relating to when this script was being used in South, uh, South Arabia? Or? The excavator, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Mazar, uh, dated to the 10th century. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yep. The, the, lay, the, the archaeological layer, he, he dated it to the 10th century. There are uh, another uh, archaeologist. Doctor, um, what's the name? Ariel Vindebaum. Yes. Okay. Ariel will agree with uh, with her, mm -hmm. but uh, there are other archaeologists that say no, it's not uh, 10th century. This vessel, the did not exist in the 10th century, but in the 9th century. Okay. So there's a little bit of debate over that, but the yes. original excavator does believe that it came from the 10th century, yes. and that is. You know that's separate to the the inscription itself. That's based on the archaeological mm -hmm. uh, dating of it. So maybe we can connect it to the biblical narrative now. What was happening in the 10th century? What was the relationship, according to the Bible, between South Arabia, where Sheba was the dominant power, and Jerusalem? Sheba was the dominant. Today we know there is a consensus that Sheba was the dominant power in the 10th century in South Arabia. Okay. Until the, the uh, until the five century uh, BCE. Okay. So, so uh, the the connection is, is uh, of course, um, 
this, the, the story about the visit of the Queen of uh, Shiva. Mm -hmm. There is a, 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 a terrible debate about the historicity right. of, of the story. This inscription doesn't prove the visit of the Queen. The mm -hmm. Queen uh, here... Uh, She's not the, written the, on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the Queen is not here. Right. Now. But it proved the connection. Right. It proved the connection between the kingdom of Solomon and the, and the kingdom of Shiva. And there was trade going between... In the trade, yes. Those, and, and in the trade between them. So the, the, we have found evidence elsewhere in the city of David of trade between South Arabia and uh, Jerusalem, but that's mainly a bit later than this period. Correct? Yes. Later, yes. And so this is pushing it back to the 10th century. Yes, Igal Shiloh in the city of David uh, found uh, three small inscriptions dated uh, later, mm -hmm. the 7th century. And they were in the same style script, South Arabian yeah. script as, as well. Yeah. So um, there is another interesting connection you make in your paper to a different king, biblical king, about 150 years after King Solomon, King Hezekiah. During his reign, he mentions something that is stored in this area as well. Yes, yes. He, uh, he uh, showed the, 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 the storage to, the, uh, to a delegation from Babylonia. Okay. Yes. In this area. In this area, he's yeah. showing store, uh, storerooms. And what is one of the, uh, the elements? In, in, the, in the story, that there were uh, incense and perfumes. Which so from this text, we know that uh, there was a, um, a, the kings used to, to put all, all these materials in the royal stores. And here we are in the royal part of Jerusalem. Uh, the royal quarter of Jerusalem, yes. where we find, you know, in the Ophel. In the Ophel. Yes, in the Ophel, of course. So, what would you say, um, just looking at this, uh, were you surprised? You found South Arabian, you found, you probably thought it was that script first, and then you read it, and mm -hmm. was this a surprise to you to find a connection to? Perfume and and uh, one of the one of the elements used in the uh, of the incense. You know, the incense was that was it's that a, a surprise? It's a, a big surprise for me. It was yeah. a big surprise. <laughs> so you didn't kind of look at it and be like, "Hey, that's South Arabian." It says no. incense. It was like, "Let's look at this again." And this was something you just came no. to after after studying it. I, I was working with a South Arabian script uh, the last year. Okay. Uh, with with other inscriptions. And uh, in some moment, I, rem I remembered that the letters that we, we, we was working with them is the letters of the, that inscription that they... Uh, uh, kind of connected, yes. connected back for you. So what would you say, big picture, you know, in terms of the history of Jerusalem, how does, how does this impact the, the larger discussion about the, Jerusalem? The strong connection between... Uh, the king, the kingdom of Solomon, mm -hmm. and the kingdom of Shiva, which is something that the yes. obviously that the Bible records yes. quite well. Well, thank you for your time with us. I would would like to mention that soon you're going to have your own channel or a, a series channel. of channels on YouTube. Three channels, yes, yes, and in, in three languages: in Hebrew, English, and Spanish. So we'll certainly, as soon as that comes comes out, let people know about that. 
Uh, but for now, thank you very much for your work going back on this uh, Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for watching to the end of today's episode of Let the Stone Speak. Thank you very much also to Dr. Weinstub for taking his time to explain to us this uh, very important inscription. Of course, if you want to read up more on this, we can definitely go below uh, this video and look at the show notes of today's program. We have an article linked there. In, it's entitled Temple Incense from the Queen of Sheba, Reanalysis of the Ophel Pithos Inscription by Christopher Reams. And inside that, we'll link also to Professor or for Dr. Feinstub's own uh, paper that is journal paper that is available for uh, free for you as well online. So please do go and click on those links to get more details of this. I do also want to alert you to our uh, magazine. It goes by the same name as the podcast, Let the Stone Speak. This is a magazine on biblical history and biblical, and biblical archaeology. Comes out six times per year. It's available to you for free wherever you are in the world. We'll gladly sign you up for a free subscription. And this is something that we'll never ever uh, charge you for, so you don't have to worry about any hidden costs. Uh, they'll ne they will, uh, there will never be any. So if you want to sign up for that magazine, you can simply go to our website, armstronginstitute.org, and scroll down to where you'll find the magazine and sign up there. You can also read the PDF of the latest edition and the previous back issues there on the website as well. Or if you would want to just write an email, you can do that by writing uh, to letters at armstronginstitute.org and just request the magazine subscription and put your name and address and we'll make sure you get a copy. Thank you very much for joining us again today and we'll see you next time.